You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily Arizona Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Locked On Cardinals, part of your Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode brought to you by the best tasting protein bar ever, Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, one word, and you'll get 20% off your next order. They've, they're doing some great things. Right now, their flash sale for the Coconut Puff Bar, fantastic. <laughs> Luscious chocolate, soft marshmallow. Is your mouth watering just yet? Made by cr- premium collagen protein blend, 16 grams of muscle-packing protein, but it tastes like a candy bar, Alex. Go to BuiltBar.com. <laughs> Purchase yourself. I don't, you, I don't know if you knew this, but Bo had a little chubby face growing up, and Coconut Puff was his was yeah. his nickname. So it's um, funny that they come full circle. Yeah, it, it, it was. Uh, that was actually my nick. It was in the yearbook. There's old Coconut Puffy face, Bo Brock. <laughs> it's Lockdown Cardinals. Bo Brock, give me a follow on Twitter at Bob Brock. B o b r a c k. Follow Alex at Clancy's Corner. Follow the podcast at Lockdown AZ Cards. We got our guy Josh Weinfuss joining us later today. Actually, in a few minutes. We're going to get into this discussion about Chandler Jones. What, what's more likely, him becoming a cap casualty, saving the Cardinals a ton of money, or is he more of an extension candidate, or is it going to be more like what we saw with Patrick Peterson, where we just kind of ride out this current deal, and uh, at 31 years old, Ch- Chandler Jones, he'll test the free agent market next offseason. Also, I want to talk to Josh about what Alex and I discussed earlier this week about DeAndre Hopkins kind of being the recruiter for this franchise. Also, Kenyon Drake, what's his free agency fate? And Hassan Reddick, the likelihood he's going to be staring down a franchise tag, at least in the interim, to uh, work out an extension. You know, we had this... Bo, you laughed at me when I brought the, the Chandler Jones thing up. Before the Greg Rosenthal article for around the NFL came out. We talked about it on Wednesday. Like, listen, he's got a, I think it's a 16, $15 million difference between the cap hit and the dead cap hit. If you were to move on from Chandler Jones, we prefaced it by saying, no, that's not the case, but a trade option is interesting. I mean, there are things that you can look around and say, you know what? You could do a lot with the money that Chandler Jones has allocating it elsewhere if you choose two things differently, we had, we had Johnny venerable on from revenge of the birds on Tuesday. We talked about potentially trading back from the 16th pick to get a second or third rounder this year in an effort to parlay that into a player of a proven commodity already. So you can potentially do that with Chandler Jones. If you could get a second round pick for him on an expiring contract that he has with a team that wants to win now. So not say any of this would happen. I'm curious to think what Josh thinks he's more of a level headed mind about these things. You know, he knows a lot more than, I mean, in certain respects than we do because he's around the team every second. But it's just interesting that this is a conversation we're going to be having, that there's a chance start the 2021 season without Patrick Peterson or Chandler Jones bringing in a completely new genre of Arizona Cardinal football that we haven't seen in the better part of a decade. Now, there's a couple things here because the Arizona Cardinals showed that they could survive without Chandler Jones. It looked a little bit better than what they looked without Patrick Peterson. Without Patrick Peterson in the lineup, they were one of the worst against the pass in the NFL, almost in the NFL history at the time. It was just, it was pitiful. When Patrick Peterson was on the shelf for the six-game suspension for the PED violation, I mean, they were just atrocious. They couldn't, they couldn't slow anybody down throwing the football. I mean, it was MVP caliber numbers from opposing quarterbacks over a season's worth of time. Chandler Jones, we saw production for the first time 
not name, you know, not number fifty-five for the Arizona Cardinals this season. We saw twelve and a half sacks from Hassan Reddick. Now the problem is that Reddick, he's an impending free agent. You got to figure out what you're going to do with Hassan Reddick before right. you do anything with Chandler Jones. Figure out a plan whether it's franchise tagging him, and then you have until July to work out an extension, a multi-year deal, or you just you know roll forward with a pretty big cap number for a guy like Hassan Reddick. That cap number is like similar to what Chandler Jones, you know, could potentially make. Where I would feel more comfortable, Chandler Jones has done it more consistently than Hassan Reddick, despite Hassan Reddick being, you know, four or five years younger. I I just think the Arizona Cardinals are in a position right now where they can't. I, I don't think whatever they would get on the free agent market with the extra available funds wouldn't match the game-changing production that Chandler Jones has. I know he had a slow start to 2020, but you know that what he's capable of. I'm st- I think I'm in the camp of Patrick Peterson type um just I guess, I guess philosophy and and just riding out his contract and when it comes to it, can you find a number that makes sense? If not, thank you for your service. Here's your gold watch. Right. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like the Cardinals are in in an interesting situation. I compared Chandler Jones on Wednesday to Adam Dunn. He's a home run hitter. There's a lot of questions surrounding his impact on the game when he's not getting to the quarterback. If it's either a strip sack, a sack or nothing, Uh, it's kind of what baseball's turned into. But the Cardinals are in a choose your own adventure part of of their of their tenure in the NFL. This is a pivotal point determining what the face of the organization is going to look like. You have your anchors in Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, Buda Baker. You have DJ Humphreys on the left side of the offensive line for a couple years at least. But you can really determine what you want the strengths of this team to be. There's so many things in flux at this point with a question mark in the whole cornerback room. You have the pass rush, yeah, but if you're you're going to bet on something not to happen next year, it's probably the output from the pass rush with Chandler Jones was gone. And that was the anomaly of the year for the Cardinals. So if you're going to bank on that, then you're you're in rough shape. But the Cardinals can truly choose the paint by number, what they want their painting to look like starting now. Where do you want to allocate the funds? Do you want to trade Chandler Jones for a second and allocate the $20 million elsewhere? You can do it. This is truly a second-by-second flexible situation the Cardinals just seem to figure out where they want to go yeah I just don't know if that production I mean you'd be taking a huge risk and really it's pretty daunting it's pretty scary to think about that you would be going and entering an offseason with tasked with replacing Chandler Jones Hassan Reddick and Patrick Peterson and the odds of you finding players that can match their production pretty slim pretty slim I want to get into the conversation. I want to save most of it for when Josh Weinfuss joins us. He's going to join us here shortly. Also, we're going to get into Redick. You know, is a franchise tag? Is that a viable option for Redick? And also, Josh, he wrote about Kenyon Drake. I, I I would guess that Kenyon Drake's days with the Arizona Cardinals are numbered. I want to get Josh's thoughts on that. What What's it look like? Did he do enough this past season, 10 touchdowns, close to 1,000 yards rushing, to earn himself a free agent deal somewhere, maybe even get a starting opportunity elsewhere or if it is with the Arizona Cardinals, it, it, that's not out of the realm of possibility. We'll see. Uh, we'll get into that conversation with our guy, Josh Weinfuss, right here on Locked on Cardinals. We're actually going to uh, step aside just for a second, and then we'll get into the conversation with Josh. This podcast, it's brought to you by our friends over at Built Bar. And right now, there's a flash sale going for the Coconut Puff Bar. This thing's incredible. 
It's it's legitimately we talk about Bilt Bars tasting like a candy bar. This this is a candy bar that uh, is in disguise as a protein bar. It's unbelievable. It's luscious chocolate, soft marshmallow, made with premium collagen protein blend. To me, to Alex, that means nothing, but it's just a it's a it's an upscale protein that's going to give you 16 grams of protein, 130 calories, just six grams of sugar. It's gluten free. It's preservative free. And in limited time only, you got the the couple day sale. You got to order it right now. Go to builtbar.com. Save yourself some cash as well by using the promo code locked on, one word, by just going to builtbar.com. Using the promo code locked on, and you can, the 19th built bar. They have 18 delicious flavors in a limited time. You can get your hands on the coconut puff bar. I highly recommend it. It's my, yeah. my favorite bar so far. So, um, to quote, the great Jeffrey Tambor, if you're an Arrested Development fan. <laughs> yeah. uh, the first episode, I believe, he talks about having a love affair with an ice cream sandwich. Yeah. I have a love affair with these built Bars when I eat them in the morning. I yeah. had the peanut butter crunch again this morning. Legitimately the best energy bar I've ever had. The best protein bar I've ever had. Like, this isn't boat. We're not just doing this. We're not getting paid millions of dollars from Bill Bar to promote something we don't like. We truly enjoy every moment with built Bar. And they're good for you. And they're hell. I mean, it's and you get all the protein you need. They're incredible. My wife eats. Uh, I'm not going to actually crush this other protein bar, but it's a pretty popular protein bar. She eats it on a daily basis, and I scoff at her. I'm like, what? What are you still messing with those? Like, we know of a better alternative. Why are? You, why do you continue to put that in? It's like trying to get a kid to eat its peas with me and the other protein bars now. Because Built Bar, it's finally like they cracked the code. How can it taste just like a what a protein bar was initially like? When, when they created one, you know, it was supposed to rival a candy bar. It never came close. It was chalky. It was like an Abba Zabba. Yeah, <laughs> Abba, Abba Zabba texture with no flavor. Abba Zabba, you my only friend. That's uh, with, friend. <laughs> But Built Bar, this is now a three-minute commercial. But if you haven't gotten <laughs> on board yet, BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. It's Locked On Cardinals, part of your Locked On podcast network, your team every day. We got Josh ready to join us yet? Yes, Josh Weinfuss joins us here on the podcast as we're streaming all episode long. Josh, what's going on, man? What's happening, guys? Oh, you know, I was actually, uh, I had the rude awakening that I'm blocked by Chandler Jones on Twitter for some reason. I have no idea why. Are you really? Yeah, he tweeted out the emoji, I guess, of the uh, kind of uh, the hand over his mouth, like yawning. Was it Greg Rosenthal's article that he was he was doing that to? Yeah, and I, and I couldn't see it. I was like, "What?" Because people t- were adding me on Twitter. I'm like, "I I don't know. I don't know. I must have said something rude about his brother or something." Because I've never said anything, you know, that would be critical of Chandler Jones during his Cardinals career. That's Looks like- funny. I didn't <laughs> I didn't take him to be the guy that uh, is going to block negative stuff, but apparently he is. <laughs> Yeah, so let's get into it here. Uh, Josh, we talked about this Wednesday, just kind of tongue-in-cheek, just for off-season fodder conversation. Is there a chance that the Cardinals could save, you know, the $15 million they'd save if they were to just cut bait with Chandler Jones? And then the Greg Rosenthal uh, in, uh, article came out, and it kind of, when you're reading it from somebody else writing it, it's kind of like, well, that looks dumb. Like, why, why would they do that? But, I mean, there's a couple different ways you can extend them. You could trade him for a second or third round pick. There's so many different things you can do with Chandler Jones in the current situation with his contract. First of all, what do you think they should do and what do you think they will do? 
it's one and the same. I think that they should keep him. And I think they will keep him. I mean, he's he's one of the top two or three pass rushers in the league. So why would you get rid of him? I mean, you you don't need to right now, right? I, I don't think they're in that much trouble financially where they need to to get rid of a guy a, a deal a contract like that. And the, you know, but the, the the bigger part of that is he's such a you know a, a foundational piece of this defense. Why would you? want to get rid of him you know like i think that there are other ways to figure out cap space or maybe even restructure his deal you know but you, he he's so dominant that offensive lines and offensive coordinators have to why would you take that out if you don't absolutely have to yeah that's the one thing i i don't understand i mean when you you do look at the big number what about what? What did you hear organizationally? Because the, it, it was pointed out that he kind of had a slow start. What do you have like one sack and in, in a couple games before he, you know, had the bicep injury? What, what's the the conversation around the organization as far as his production? Are they still pretty confident that he is the guy that uh, just a season removed had nineteen and a half sacks? Yeah, because of that. I mean, sacks don't just happen right you don't I mean, and, and the thing with Chandler last year is everyone knew what he they game plan well get double and triple teamed or you're getting chipped on the regular like there's only so much you can do but he's a type of guy that doesn't have to put up huge numbers to be you know effective because if he's getting chipped or he's getting double and triple teams that means other guys are single one-on-one and or, or they're they're not being blocked, you know. They're 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 guys who can get to the quarterback freely because so much attention is being paid to Chandler Jones. So sure, he wants another twenty sack season. There's no doubt about that. But he can be equally as effective by just getting so many people to pay attention to him and not pay attention to the other guys. That I don't think that anyone was really concerned. And look, Hassan didn't have sacks for like years, three years, and all of a sudden they just came huge last year and these things do sacks come in bunches and once Chandler was getting you know I have no doubt that you know it could have been week seven week eight week nine but once he got going there was gonna be impossible to stop him so it's just I don't there's no one was overly worried about it because they knew what he was facing on a game-by-game basis yeah and that begs question Josh Weinfuss ESPN Arizona Cardinals writer joining us here locked on Cardinals Alex Clancy Bo Brock Aaron Donald has had Indomitian Sue, Michael Brockers, et cetera. And Aaron Donald is the most dominant pass rusher guy, especially from the interior defensive line, defensive end that we've seen. Chandler Jones has kind of been on an island by himself, as you mentioned. Does that beg the question, if there's an edge rusher at 16, that you retain Chandler Jones and draft you know, a Bradley Chubb, Von Miller connection there at 16? Or are there more glaring needs? Even if you do keep Chandler Jones, you just kind of hope that he can overpower the double and triple teams at times. To me, their number one need is wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver. This exactly. defense is good, right? This defense does not have any major issues. Sure, they're going to have to address cornerback this year. There's no doubt about that. But the front seven, pretty dang solid. You know, they number two receiver. And that's going to, and that guy's there at number 16 or in free agency, you do it. So you do find you do look for a pass rusher. You know, if, if the guy is available, I think then you can play best player available in the draft. If that's a pass rusher, you go get him to compliment Chandler Jones. But if not, I think you need to go receiver at sixteen. What, what, which way do you think the team approaches Hassan Reddick? Would they consider the franchise tag and then try to work out a multi-year extension between now and July? 
I wouldn't expect it to happen. I think, um, you know, they're pretty at outside rush between Chandler, Devon Kennard, and obviously Hassan Reddick. Um, you know, maybe they surprise everybody in I don't see happening, but I think the most likely scenario is that you know, Hassan Reddick goes and gets a huge contract from somewhere else. Yeah. I mean, it's it, like there again. We talked about this before you came on. There's just it's so fluid. There, it's a choose your own adventure situation. I mean, they can cut Robert Alford. They can they can cut Devon Kennard. They can say they can cut Justin Pugh. I mean, if you want to completely go go to scale, go to Bones and then draft and bring in other free agents for a fresh look, they can. Or you can ride one more year with the guys and just try and bring in another piece with free agency. So you talked about Robert Alford the last time we had you on on Friday of last week. They, they'll save a handful million dollars if they got him, even though he hasn't played it down. It's kind of like a new blackjack dealer coming in, clap your hands, you know, show the show the cameras and get out, even though he hasn't played it down. Is that the most rational route for them to if they because the salary cap space uh we i talked to michael Gennetti. i texted with him a couple days ago he said from spot track the 185 is what he's gauging it to be at it may be a little higher but that's what he's gauging the salary cap to be at is cutting robert alford enough to have enough salary cap space to go out and get some impact players or are they gonna have to make other moves um, I think they're going to make other moves. You know, I don't think that's the one and only move here. I think that they're going to have to do some, you know, maybe some smaller moves. Um, but from an organizational standpoint, how do you know Robert Alford's going to a be productive and b stay healthy? You don't. I mean, he's proven he's not durable. Um, it, it doesn't matter if they're freak injuries or not. Like he has not played a down for your organization in two years, and you give him a three-year deal. Like it just. To me, it doesn't make sense to keep him from a long-term standpoint. But I think we have to, you know, like you said, it's so fluid. If they don't get Patrick Peterson, do you want that veteran presence there? You know, you, then you have to decide what you're going to do with Drake Kirkpatrick. Do you just still let him walk? You try to resign him for a year, but then does it all hinge on Peterson? Like, there's just so many moving parts this offseason that it's so hard to predict what they're going to do because I think a lot of it, a lot of the control is also in the player's hands. You know, does Patrick want to go get a deal somewhere else? Is he waiting for a team to come say, hey, here's a two or three year deal. It's worth, you know, 20 something million dollars. Come play for us. And I would not be surprised if he took that. Are there any trade candidates in this organization? That's a good question. I just, I can't think of anybody. Maybe Christian Kirk. I think he might be the only one. I think he would be the only one in, in if I had to pick one. Well, you get a fourth for him? Maybe you do straight up player for player. Yeah. Maybe you get a fourth. Yeah. I mean, maybe fourth, th- third? You know, he's yeah. a second rounder. Um, he does have, you know, he does have that big play capability. Um, but he also has been hurt quite a bit. He also hasn't really lived up to the expectations as of yet. Um, so maybe it is a straight up, you know, player for player deal. If it's fourth, man, I mean that's that's a spot where Steve Kimes batting average is awful. Hakeem Butler. <laughs> like are you trading Christian Kirk for Hakeem Butler? Because the guy doesn't Second even make the roster. Much better. Uh-uh. I mean Second hasn't been much better. I mean you've got to find cheap labor. So you gotta find an inexpensive player somewhere. I mean, if you can trade Chandler, I mean, if you could trade Christian Kirk for a fourth, like obviously that is predicated upon them bringing in another receiver. Right. Um, I mean, 
Kenny Galladay, Chris Godwin's most likely going to stay. You'd think either they're going to franchise tag him or give him the big deal, even though Tom Brady's only got one or two years left. I mean, do you have a favorite wide receiver? Kenny Galladay's probably going to be too expensive. Allen Robinson's probably going to be too expensive, even though he's my pick. If they if they wanted to break the bank for a receiver, Allen Robinson's target share and his ability to catch passes from Mitchell Trubisky and Nick Foles when they have nobody else on that team is magical. And they would get wide receiver one targets. In Arizona, I mean, you got to throw the ball beside to DeAndre Hopkins and somebody else. Who's your number one guy from the wide receiver position, or is it somebody through the draft? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I'll, part of me, I'll be honest, part of me hasn't. I mean, I really haven't looked that far down the road yet. Um, I probably should soon, but um, I think you need to go. I don't know. Maybe you sign a guy and draft a guy. Yeah. You know, you don't. Maybe you don't sign a number one caliber guy, you sign a true number two draft a guy. So now, and then you, you keep Kirk. So you have four, you have a solid four person room because Andy Isabella, there will always be a role for him on this team, but it's not an every down receiver. Keyshawn Johnson, just, he hasn't taken that step yet. Um, that's literally out of the room. And we don't know what Fitz is going to do. Even if he comes back, he could be a great mentor. And there will always be a place for him too, right? But this team needs three or four solid receiving options to go to the next level. And they don't have that just yet. So whether that's, you know, I don't know. I guess maybe you do sign a guy and go after another receiver in um, in, in, in the draft. But the problem is, like, you don't break down this team too much because you were on the cusp of something great as an organization at 5-2. and two. You just need to figure out a way to not tailspin, go into another tailspin and finish 3-6. and six. And I think a lot of that has to do with Cliff Kingsbury, but it also has to do with not having all the weapons they need on offense to take that take that jump. Yeah, it is interesting. We had the conversation, you know, should they be aggressive this offseason or should they kind of stick with trying to run it back as far as having that continuity? It seemed to work with the offensive line from 2019 to 2020. You saw the sack numbers drop significantly. You saw Kyler Murray get the ball out a little quicker. That, that, that just came with him being in his second year, but that offensive line played – you know, a, a lot better. We'll see if they, they try to run it back and just add maybe a, just a few more pieces. We'll see. It's an interesting conversation. Josh, you recently wrote about Kenyon Drake, who's going to be an impending free agent. We're going to get into the conversation about Drake and what his free agency future could be. Could he return to the Arizona Cardinals and what would that look like? It's all coming up here on the Locked On Cardinals podcast, brought to you by our friends over at Bill Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. It's Bo, it's Alex. We'll be right back. I've got to tell you about betonline.ag. It's the fastest, easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football, it's in the rearview mirror. It's over. It's heartbreaking. But look, you still have a ton of games to bet, whether it's the NBA, college basketball, NHL. They're in full swing. Pitchers and catchers reported. You could start throwing down some you know, future odds on the Dodgers winning another World Series. Not that you want to hear that. What are the D-backs odds? Not, not good. Maybe some value there. Check them out. BetOnline.ag even covers awards, TV shows, and reality television, real-time updated odds, and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has it covered for all the news. Scores, odds, it's the best place to make your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head over to the website or on your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Put in 100 bucks, you get 50 free dollars to play around with, and you don't even have to spend your own money when you first start out. 
BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Sign up for your free account today. Use the promo code Locked On one word, and you'll get that welcome bonus. We continue here on the live stream on StreamYard. You can find it on Twitter. Just look us up at LockedOnAZ Cards, at Clancy's Corner, at Bob Rack, B-O-B-R-A-C-K, or at Josh Weinfuss. You can find his great work. Now, you recently wrote about Kenyon Drake, who had 10 touchdowns, close to 1,000 yards rushing. He dealt. He missed the one game with the ankle injury. But uh, I, I saw a pretty astounding stat, and it was from our LockedOn uh, Cowboys colleague, Marcus Mosher, he said, in two, since 2009, the leading rusher for the winning team in the Super Bowl has not had a base salary more than $2.5 million. Since 2009, over a decade worth of games uh, in the winning team on the, the winning Super Bowl team hasn't paid their running back that much money. It's, it's pretty astounding. Now, when they're staring down a guy that they just paid $8 million with the transition tag in Kenyon Drake, what, what do you view or how do you see this organization approaching the running back position this offseason i see them trying to find someone cheaper you know i think that 8.3 million dollars is too much a guy like kenya drake he's just not an 8.3 million dollar running back this is plain and simple and if they if they want to find a guy who is cheaper they can do it through free agency there's plenty of options you can get a guy in the draft you don't need a guy you know it's a second round type of of option there um, but I just don't think he's the answer to this offense. Sure, he's, he's good. Like, there's no doubt about it. He's good. He can catch all the backfield. He's dynamic. He's versatile. But he's not worth $8.3 million. And if he thinks he's going to get that somewhere else, probably a little bit of a pipe dream. You know I mean? Um, Zeke Elliott was the third highest paid running back last year. I would take Zeke Elliott over, over Kenyon Drake any day of the week, you know? Um, I, I just think that they overpaid him. Um, but they also had very few options. So I get it. But going forward i just don't think he's he's the answer um and i i just i find it hard to believe he's going to take a drastic pay cut right maybe there's a lot of money up front you can you know go for three four million dollars a year but going from 8.3 to you know four million that's, that's that's a lot of money not to have in your pocket so um yeah i i just i just don't think he's the long-term answer running back for this team agreed and i it, there's a couple names that are on the free agent market, I brought up one, and we kind of poo-pooed it quickly. And, and Todd Gurley, I mean, if, if he's he he had a pretty good year last year, one year five and a half mil. If you can sign a running back to two year twelve mil with like eight guaranteed, something like that, something very team friendly. Another name you so Bo said no to Todd Gurley. I said pretty much no to Todd Gurley. Um, Marlon Mack is my guy. Um, Torres ACL, he's twenty four years old. The dude's a guy that can run between the tackles. He can catch out of the backfield. He doesn't have an ego. He hasn't gotten that big deal yet. But somebody like that, somebody that doesn't make a lot of waves but can put up production uh, in the in, in the running back room, because we know that Chase Edmonds at this point isn't isn't the lead back, right? He's not a lead back. Um, I I agree with you with Kenyon Drake. Do you think they should drop some funds into there? Or Bose talked about drafting a running back with the second round pick, if not the first round pick. I don't think there's a running back that's worth the first round pick. Second or third, maybe, maybe even fourth. But, I mean, there's a good number of guys out there. I mean, Aaron Jones, pot, I mean, he's, he's not a bad option. You know, a guy like, you know, maybe, you know, Mike Davis. Maybe you do it, you know, running back by committee. Um, I, I think there are a few options out there in free agency that you could go and get, a, you know, a number two 
running back, you know, a guy who's not going to, you know, want starter money. Um, or you you wait till the second, third. Uh, there could be probably a good option in the third round or fourth round. But I think what, what you said, Bo, like, it's been 12 years. Um, time frame, and that's a trend, right? That is a yeah. trend. That is an official trend. Like, there's a there's a reason why teams are doing this. They figured it out. So, mm-hmm. if the Cardinals want to throw all this money into a running back, odds are, I mean, it's just not going to pay off in the long run. And, and if you look at the even just the leading rushers each and every season, I mean, it's just it's there's a ton of second round guys. You've got Derrick Henry, you've got Dalvin Cook. It seems to be a spot where you can ref- find a reliable every down type guy. And I actually, you know, the few things, there's a few things that you you can rely on Steve Kime for. One is he's going to win most of the trades he makes. He's, he's got a resume that shows that. And then also he's he's proven, even though on the all or nothing, he wanted Amir Abdullah and he got David Johnson. He's had success finding running backs in the draft. He he found David Johnson. He found Andre Ellington in the sixth round, who was actually, uh, was at one point, the vocal point of this offense and then also Chase Edmonds. So I actually have confidence in mm-hmm. him evaluating that position. I mean, Chase was a fourth-round yeah. pick, I think, maybe later. But I uh, yeah. was a sixth-round pick. David was a third-round pick. I mean, this just shows you you don't need to go drop a ton of money into running backs um, and free agency, and you don't need to spend a pick on them, on them in the first or second round. Like, there are plenty of guys out there, like you said. I mean, running backs just aren't a premium anymore, right? I mean, the best guys are going to go in the top ten. There's no doubt about it. Like, the elite, elite running backs coming out of college will go early. After that, teams can afford to wait, and I think that's, just, that's what the Cardinals should do this year. I mean, it's just like it, there was an article that came out that said the Cardinals are um, – not front runners, but they're heavy on on Aaron Jones. There's rumblings around it. Like you, th- I mean, it's just as you mentioned, Aaron Jones is a nice piece. He had a break. He's a touchdown machine, but that's something that I mean, I, I I'm glad we're all in agreement here that that all that money shouldn't be dumped into the running back position with all the other uh, uh, ne- needs necessary for the team. Now with Patrick Peterson, um, I want to ask you this before we get out of here because we're only going to get you maybe once a week. Right now, if you're predicting Patrick Peterson, is he with the Cardinals to start 2021 or not? I say no. And it's because of money? I mean, that's obviously going to be the re- He's going to want more than the Cardinals would have to offer. I think it's everything. I think it's everything that happened in the last two years. I think if there's I think it's you know, money, you know, um, I think the only one of the few things I should say that will keep him here if there's if there's equal deals across the board is, you know, he has a family, his family's here. His wife has a job here. Um, you know, she's in, she's finishing up medical school. I can see that being a factor in this all, but um, if there's a significant gap, another offer in the Cardinals offer, if you make him an offer, then I, I just don't see him staying. Yeah. It'd be tough. You, you did have the the news. It was U stadium. I think I saw that picked it up as well about, about Patrick Peterson. And it just seems like the, the margin between the two sides is too large to overcome, and I gotta imagine even his camp. The smart, I you know, the smart approach would be to hit the open market and see what you can get, and if not, worst case, you come back and say, "Hey, let's work something out." Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, he doesn't have to be a first day signee. Yeah. You know, he can wait a couple of days. He very well could be, though, too. I mean, I think that some people view him as a guy that can help transform defensive secondary. Uh, we saw last, especially year. the second option. I mean, especially as your your cornerback too, 
You have a quarterback 1A that's not going to have to be the anchor when you have guys like Brandon Williams and Drake Kirkpatrick over the last five or six years being his running mate when he's really the only high-quality caliber corner the, the Cardinals have had over the last four or five years. But I think to some degree, Pat relishes that, right? Yeah. I don't think he's too upset that they didn't have stars across from him because, um, I mean, yes, he wants to be challenged. There's no doubt about it. But he also likes the responsibility of being the guy, and he likes that spotlight. So I don't think that there's a ton of – I think the, the wins and losses have been affecting him quite a bit. Um, but from an individual standpoint, I think he really kind of enjoys that that ability to, you know, I'm the guy in the island. I'm the guy that's going to travel with number one. They don't want to throw to me. That's because I'm too good. Like, I think he likes that um, persona. It's Locked On Cardinals, part of your Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Make sure you're following Josh at Josh Weinfuss on Twitter. Of course, you're reading his work, ESPN.com. Josh, thanks for joining us, man. It's always fun to catch up with you. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Josh, of course, read his work. Alex Clancy, follow him on Twitter as well, at Clancy's Corner. Follow me, Bob Rack, Bo Brock, at B-O-B-R-A-C-K. Enjoy the weekend. I don't anticipate. It's going to be another quiet weekend. Have you figured out what you're going to do with your life as we wait for free agency to begin, Alex? Probably have the same conversation with you in so many different words. <laughs> like, what are we? What are we going to talk about today? We, we didn't ask him about the Kyler Murray conversation we had yesterday. Yeah, that is going to be a conversation. It's going to yep. be a completely irrational, dumb but necessary conversation. Just something to keep your mind, just keep in the back of your mind, one percent of your brain capacity regarding the Cardinals. Just about the Cardinals needing to produce now and next season. Or we're going to have conversations that are going to be uncomfortable with Kyler Murray. Yeah. But no, I'm not. I'm going to watch basketball all weekend, man. Check out Lockdown. <laughs> uh, we, we do need to mention what the Lockdown Mavs and Lockdown Rockets are doing for the city of Houston with everything that's going on. Please give them a follow. There's a lot of donations going on the Houston uh, Food Bank. And then I can't remember exactly what the Lockdown Mavs are are uh, are tied to, but it's it, it's another uh, place you can donate money. All the proceeds are going to the people in Houston that are dealing with uh, the issues with, with the cold weather and, and being out of power. So please check that out. The Lockdown Podcast Network is doing amazing things for the community as well as you know sports. And also let's let them know that Luca is not he shouldn't be an All Star starter over Dame Lillard. Lillard. What do you think about that? I mean, Damian Lillard. <laughs> that's the most like, and I don't care. We have a couple minutes. It's Friday. Who cares? Damian Lillard's got the cushiest job in the world because it doesn't matter if they go 0-82. He's the mayor. He's the governor. He could take 50 shots a game from half court, and he'd be beloved. Now, he's one of the biggest killers in the game. Like, since Kobe retired, there hasn't been many. There's been a handful of killers, and Damian Lillard is one of them. I mean, he's just a guy. It's incredible. But he took $200 million to be irrelevant in the grand scheme of the NBA, and... I still love watching him play every second. So maybe yeah. I'll watch a Dame Lillard game. You know? could, could you just put these uh, Shane Miller Thomas's uh, free Kyler Murray up on the screen real quick? I mean, that is the as as we try to uh, we had that conversation earlier this week, and it was a good one about what the Wentz deal could potentially mean for a guy like Kyler Murray. Check that podcast yeah. out. It was on Thursday, and then Dino, yeah, yeah, yeah we're. Uh, we're thinking about you guys in Texas. Hopefully, you're staying safe out there. But he sadly he predicts that uh, P two will be greatly motivated to play for another team more so than if he stayed and yeah I don't I don't disagree with that. I don't I don't disagree yeah. with that. I think that uh he is a guy that would look at uh 
you know, other options as greener pastures where I don't know if that necessarily would be the best for his career, but you know, we'll, we'll see. I mean, if you're going to go try secure the bag one last time, go for it. If you're going to be motivated by just trying to show that it wasn't, you know, a fluke that you were one of the best lockdown guys for many years and you want to go try to prove yourself elsewhere, go ahead and do that. Uh, but as far as where you're going to be comfortable uh, and where you could really kind of make your mark, and if you really like want it to be the next Larry Fitzgerald, you're a part of this team as it enters you know this next stage of the rebuild. But you want to go get paid, go ahead and do so. You want to have that num- the number one corner, you know, uh, just go ahead and go ahead and go play for Jacksonville. That's fine. Yeah. Real quick, talk to me and we don't eight. be surprised. We're gonna find out very quickly because you know that the 49ers and Seahawks are gonna go after him. Yeah, we'll know very quickly what he thinks about the Arizona Cardinals when he goes to free agency. If he goes to San Francisco, as they they are staring down that position, you know, they've got Verrett, they've got Sherman as uh, as you know, impending free, free agents, you know, and Shaq yeah. Griffin as well up in Seattle. He's it's yeah. gonna be the same situation. He's going to be out there, and he's going to have to face and have that uh, the scrutiny of being the guy to lock down opposing wide receiver ones. How how do you like the idea of facing DeAndre Hopkins? Because I don't think that's going to bode well for P two. I don't. Twice a year. It just it would be such that would be so much like selfishly that'd be incredible. If you went to if you went to San Francisco or the or the Rams, the Rams don't have the cap space. But like that would be evergreen content to talk trash about Patrick Peterson. That I've been be, doing it for two. It would be incredible. Bo. that would be like I don't want to dog on the guy that much because he had some incredible seasons for the Cardinals. Yeah. Um. Yeah. At some point, he he was the best player on the team. But yeah, like his best his best option would be to be CB two opposite a guy like. Jalen Ramsey, he would probably make himself another contract if he signed a one or two year deal with with L.A. and just thrived in that role. I mean that that would probably extend his career. But I, I think there is that ego where he wants to go and uh, and and be that that CB one, and I don't think that's going to pan out well for him unless he goes to like the NFC East where you're really just facing um, Dak Prescott. Other than that, you, there's not a whole lot of you know quarterbacks that are going to you know pick on you yeah i mean look at it like miami pittsburgh if they can get their cap space right pittsburgh would be a perfect fit i don't think but they he's could make that money work. they can offer him. i mean they they're st- i mean even when they restructure with big ben they are yeah they're in deep and then look at tampa bay i mean they'll be able to find money they'll be able to restructure things it depends on if they're going to give shaq barrett the world or if shaq barrett's not going to be uh a- they're not going to be able to afford him but that Patrick Peterson story is not over by any stretch, and it's, that's yeah. incredible. In whatever direction it goes, it's going to be fascinating. You know, if he it's goes, be- and, if he signs with Houston, you're just like, <laughs> winning means the most to you. Okay, cool. Yeah, all right. It's just uh, you got to take what he said, especially when you look back at the quotes from 2018. You got to take what he says with a grain of salt, and that's not like a big indictment on the guy. I mean, I know the guy; he's had people around him saying, you know, telling him yes on everything. So, and he earned it. He was legit. He was the best corner yeah. in it for at least for a season or two in the league. It was it's his production was crazy, but uh, we just there was an impromptu conversation right there uh, here on Locked On Cardinals. We appreciate you guys tuning in all week long. If you missed any of the episodes about you know what the Wentz steal meant for Kyler Murray, check out Thursday's episode. Uh, we had a conversation about Chandler Jones and some potential cap casualties. 
You can check that out. I think it was Tuesday's episode. It's uh, We've got a full week of, of great content. Check it all out wherever you find podcasts. Subscribe, leave a review, rate us. We appreciate it. And, of course, follow us on Twitter at Clancy's Corner, at Bob Rack, and at Lockdown AZ Cards. Guys, have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you on Monday.